Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. much the more so now since Christ has come and raised from the dead and the Holy Spirit has come and living with us is the Lord not pursuing our hearts the hardening of our hearts where you and I have we believe the Lord in one area of our life but there are areas of our heart we don't believe him in that's a brokenness that the Lord wants to heal so the condition of our heart it shuts out God and and then it ultimately shuts out others it's kind of like when one of the ways I know that there's a A stony heart being formed is when I start shutting out others. I shut out others from being in my life. I'm pleasant. I smile. I give courtesy laugh at their stupid jokes. Even a courtesy snort on occasion. (laughs) It all looks like it's warm and fuzzy on the outside, but on the inside... There's a heart of stone. There's no real relationship. How dangerous is that in a marriage? Marriages don't survive hearts of stone that aren't healed. They go a long time. There's a fortress. There's a wall. People begin to just put up around themselves. They think they have to protect themselves because after all, at some point when they were a child, mom or dad or a young person, Maybe when they were young enough as a, they were in school and a teacher towards that six years of age, seven years of age component just didn't uh, protect them in the way that they felt they needed to be protected. And so this heart of stone begins to form. I have to protect myself. Look, I'm talking spiritual and natural components for you. I'm not talking kindergarten today. I I am bringing to you some real important thoughts for all of us today. Are you hearing me? The society we live in right now is there has been, where there should be stewardship, there's also been overreaction. And the overreaction comes from people who only think they got this one life and then that's it. You will do your very best to protect what you think is only right now. If you don't believe that there is eternity, if you don't believe that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, if you don't believe that you are a creature of eternity, then your behavior is, I need to shut you down and anything that might um, injure me that you think you want to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? I see this stony heart acting out this fear because there were times in their lives where they were not in control, couldn't be in control, life was out of control, and now their heart has gotten cold and it's turning, it's ossifying, it's just getting hard. And the Lord wants us not to have a hard heart. He wants us to be healthy. So it's usually um, hidden, it's formed in those first six years, it's those early experiences, usually connected to a frustration or a dissatisfaction, Um, And it's a sinful response on our part, even as infants and children, to the situation. And the reason is because Adam, God bless him, passed the sin nature to every one of us. 
So every one of us are born into sin. Hence, the last Adam, Jesus, had to come to free us from the curse of sin. Why do we have a cross in here when we know that crosses were used to crucify? It's because we glory in the power of a cross that killed the power of sin. And death no longer has dominion over our lives. Christ rose from the dead and he has shown forth that he is alive forever. He's the first fruits that's right there of those first three feasts and Passover and unleavened bread and first fruits. He's, he is that amazing first fruits from the dead. And now he is showing himself to them for 40 days. And then shortly he will arise and go up into the heavens and Holy Spirit will come. Because Holy Spirit would have to deal with stony hearts. Listen, um, there are a lot of people who've had an encounter with God. It's been amazing. Uh, We call them people who are filled with the Spirit, and yet they have a stony heart. So they have a part of them that's awakened and a part of them that's still hardened. And the Holy Spirit is the agency of the Godhead at work in our life to bring wholeness and healing in our lives. So to the degree that there is affection and laughter and joy in the home, When little Johnny uh, is walking, toddling across, and he falls down. (laughs) So when Gabe was toddling in Michigan across the the floor, and he fell down, and Bill ran over and picked him up and said, Oh, you're going to be okay. What he was doing is returning you to joy. Because in your toddling, your mind in the formation of your heart and your mind in that moment is, I'm, I'm adventurous. I'm doing something I'm not done. Boom, in your face plant. Wah! But dad lifts you up and goes, oh, you're going to be okay. I'm sorry, I'll pick on you. I'll take you to lunch. How about that? So I'll pay for my having used you just this moment. But well, I was there when he was born. Not like in the room, but I was outside the door. The doctor said you wouldn't be born. The doctor said you would die. But there was another physician attending that day. And, uh, and you live. And then you toddled and face planted, but your dad picked you up. Or on those times that your mom did. Um, and that there were moments where whenever things happened in our life, we got hurt. They would return us to joy. To the degree that we are returned to joy or laughter is in the home and and there's happiness, that even when I feel disappointed to the degree that there is joy inside the household, then I push off what would be the heart of stone activity. And what happens is the Lord continues to keep me engaged then in my family relationship. So our family relationships are critically important for us. God invented family. And and then he invented sons and daughters. He did not invent slaves. That wasn't a God thing. He even had to intervene for the way people were treating them. But God did not invent that. He did not even invent servants. He invented sons and daughters. And especially because of Jesus Christ, he is now brought to us, we see it. How many of you remember when we would look at Galatians, that whole season of time we spent on sonship, learning how God has called us to walk in sonship. I can't tell you how many decades I just wanted to be a dutiful servant of the Lord. Just want to be a good servant of the Lord. But I was yet struggling. 
And the reason is because there was a part of my heart that was yet stony towards the Lord. What he wanted from me was not a servant who's dutiful, who somehow pleases God, and then God will be happy with me, so then I can make God happy and let me into heaven. It wasn't about that, ever, ever. It was always about father wanting family. So when a mom or a dad runs over and picks up the child or helps them or you bounce them on your knee and having fun. Heart of stone, heart of stone. Little girl's at the table, mom's in the kitchen cooking, dad's there too. All of the sudden, the next thing she knows, the table's upside down on top of her. Dad is angry and he's trying to pull the table, move it around and mom is crying. The little girl, only thing she gets is that dad is mean and he rages and he's trying to hurt. That one encounter began to form a heart of stone in her. She believed that men could not be trusted, that men were only mean. And because she had a judgment in her heart towards her father, that sin created a bitter root judgment and expectation. And every man she would find in her life to have a relationship with, he would behave the way she perceived that a little girl should be treated because that's how her father was. It wasn't the entirety of their childhood, but in that one moment, it, st- it tainted the way she viewed her dad and never would trust him. After that point, never go to him, only cling to mom. Now dad is dead and gone, and she's now with a prayer counselor, and they're walking through the process. How do we find healing? How could a stone begin to be formed? So angry, he tipped the table over on top of her. And the heart of stone began to be formed in her life. I want to tell you how. Spirit of truth spoke to the counselor. Counselor asked, is your mom still alive? Mom was still alive, thank the Lord. So they called mom. Mom, do you remember that time way back when? When I was at the table and dad got so mad. He hit the table and turned it over on top of me. Mom said, oh, honey, that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. This grown woman trying to deal with her issues of her life and that stony heart that she could never get beyond. So she tried to protect herself with walls of protection and never found the right kind of man that would love her and appreciate her because she probably didn't think she was worth it since dad didn't to treat her that way. The truth is, the coffee pot spilt and the coffee was rushing towards the little girl. And dad in his physical cality did his best to lift the table away from her so that the coffee would not scald her and burn her. And the table was turned upside down. Consequently, she fell down and backwards and was crying. And her picture as a little girl of that moment was, dad is angry. Dad is not trustworthy. Dad will rage and so will men. And her heart of stone began to form And in that moment, the Lord began to deal healing for her in her life. She was able to forgive her dad, and she also repented for her unforgiveness. The counselor walked her through that process. She was able to begin a brand new journey. 
Can you imagine being an adult and then all of a sudden finding out your dad was a hero trying to rescue you from maybe second or third degree burns? And you thought poorly of him all your life? And now he's gone and you can't have any reconciliation necessarily with him. But why do I tell you that story today? Because your heavenly father is still pursuing every one of your hearts. Your heavenly father wants you to know that he sent Holy Spirit at Pentecost to pursue the stony hearts. So when I see that on Pentecost original 1.0, the law was being given and it was the law on tablets of stone to hearts of stone and they couldn't catch it. Now what the Lord wants is for our hearts to become hearts of flesh. Beating, living, receiving love, finding wholeness. I think this moment that we find ourselves in with this pandemic has been a revelation of the struggles that have been taking place in a lot of people's hearts, everyone's hearts. Those who have faith, those who have not professed faith, those who walk in a measure of faith, of commitment, maybe greater than another, wherever you are in your journey of faith, I would just say that the Lord has been working diligently to bring healing. And I believe he wants to heal our nation. Now, I I want wholeness physically for every nation of the planet. But because I'm an American citizen, I have a certain level of authority to operate in a way that we would call for wholeness, that the stony heart in me and in you And then in our local community, our local four-state region and beyond to the coasts, from the north to the south, we begin to think in terms of what is it that God wants to do to heal the stony heart, the heart of stone. One of the things that we have found when God is healing a heart of stone is that mostly when a person's suffering from a heart of stone, they, they cannot receive love. They struggle with the ability to entertain that that's love or genuine. Many times they just simply, um, they just, they, they cannot comprehend that because their heart is cold. The heart is hard. So one of the ways that the Lord heals that is through life giving, as I mentioned in our childhood, to the degree that there's joy and happiness in the home. When a child has a boo-boo and mom and dad return them to joy, they learn how to return to joy in a healthy way in their own life as adults later on. It's a practiced way of thinking then. But when adults are now trying to be healed of a heart of stone, there is appropriate healthy touch. There are people that might even be sitting next to you or that you work with or that you know that have a heart of stone and you didn't realize it. And now with social distancing not working with one another. There are people whose hearts are cold. They've not heard from the Lord. They've not had an encounter with God. But because they have encounters with other human beings at some level, it nurtures them at some level. And now that we've been forced to distance, the loneliness is overwhelming. The separation is unbearable. For some people, it's just been, I can't do it any longer. Some people have ended their life because of it. Some people have just run out 
to do things that they used to do because they're trying to find connection again. They might say, I'm looking for normalcy, but what they're looking for is a way to connect with someone who might be nurturing. Did you have a favorite teacher? I did. Third grade, Mrs. Harvey. She was the redemption for Mrs. Mentor. I know, Mrs. Mentor, I've already forgiven you. You were 125 when I met you in first grade. And you, you really hurt me um, and my feelings and those claws in my, in, in, on my back that day. You thought I was the one acting up, uh, but it wasn't me. It was him. And so I have already forgiven you 100 times. And one more time, Mrs. Mentor, may you rest in peace. Uh, I just say to you in Jesus' name, I love you uh, and I forgive you. I mean, first grade, it was painful. She, she just did not catch it. She thought people were talking and getting on and, and acting up and we were in, living in Houston, Texas. And, I, and my, I'm just telling you, most of the students would just catch it. She was really old. She would tell us, she'd call out numbers for us to do one plus whatever or five plus whatever. But while she was doing that, wasn't even looking at the book, she was applying more makeup. She had makeup this thick. You could grow corn on that makeup, I'm telling you. Okay, Pastor Cindy said that's enough, Pastor Dan, so. (laughs) It was just a hard year. For third grade, wow. Wow. Third grade, I fell in love with Mrs. Harvey. Why did you love Mrs. Harvey? Because she just loved everybody. Every student was important. It wasn't just because she was nice or nice to me. It's because the atmosphere in the room was always filled with light and, and laughter. And we worked hard. And then we would play hard at recess. We'd get extra minutes when others had to go in. (laughs) Mrs. Harvey was old enough to be my, probably my mother or my grandmother right in that area. She wasn't young, but Mrs. Harvey was so filled with touch and love and laughter. Every time she'd be walk, every time she'd be, (laughs) every time she walked down an aisle and she was talking to us, each child, her hand would touch each child's shoulder, each child. And when she touched them, she didn't, it wasn't like duck, duck, goose. <laughs> Do you understand that first grade began to form a heart of stone towards educators? But in third grade, Mrs. Harvey reproved that hardness of heart. I wanted to learn. And when she would, she would be talking to the students, so she'd have a hand on a student, just keep it there for a minute. Now, I don't know if she was a Christian. I don't, I don't know if she was praying, Lord, help this wormuth boy. <laughs> All I know, Dwayne, is that whatever Mrs. Minter had been in first grade, Mrs. Harvey certainly had created a brand new picture for me for education. And I remember in first grade saying, I won't talk. I won't raise my hand. I won't do nothing. I did not want to get an encounter with a, okay, I told you that story because I'm asking you to consider that at any moment in your life where you had an encounter with someone, forgiveness is the way forward out of that. But one thing's for sure, when the Lord removes a stony heart and puts a heart of flesh, that's a process. Now what he does is he, he will remove the hardness of heart, give you a heart of flesh. What's the process part, Pastor Dan? 
the practiced ways of thinking, that solical component. When I'm born again, I'm as saved as I can be. But now that practiced way of thinking, that default to everyone's out to get me, whatever, whatever those thoughts have been and those words have been, there's this constant of reverting back to when the first effect happened in my life and a heart of stone began to be formed. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I are anointed by God to help people be healed from a heart of stone. We're anointed. Sometimes in a marriage, because words have been said, and then there's not been forgiveness or repentance, because there's not reconciliation, stones of a heart of stone begins to form, and then it's not long, and it's a cold, cold marriage. The Lord wants to restore and bring healing, and he does. So the component to that is my ability and my willingness to repent, to forgive, and to receive. And the Lord begins to dismantle the walls of separation that I put between me and other people. And it's interesting, while I'm on one side choosing to dismantle what I thought was my castle of protection, the Lord has someone else on the other side, whether it's a counselor or a therapist or a pastor or a, um, you know, a prayer minister is helping me move the stones away. Because if we keep the stones at our feet, it's too much of a temptation to want to rebuild it too quickly again. So he wants to dismantle it, remove it. I just believe today that what the Lord is wanting for us as a congregation is for us to know that as we get ready to step into this moment, this moment where we begin to open back up, God wants to bring healing. The heart of stone must be loved to life by God, and it's done so through people who are walking in a life-giving relationship. I'm convinced that the way the Lord uses us, the way he works, when I say uses us, not slaves, the way, he, the way he functions in his goodness through us is that when we help love one another to life, sometimes that means literally laying down one's life for someone. You see, I'm... I'm fully aware right now as they come and prepare to do this song in just a, in a moment, would y'all come and get ready? I'm just going to ask that you would consider that it's important for us to choose to move back towards life and to also prepare our hearts to be able to help others move to life too. You become privy. When you're a pastor and a shepherd, you become privy to the journey that people have and the journey of life and what God has done, what he's doing. <clears throat> I look around this room and I just see the beauty of God's love and his kindness. I, I, I see individuals all across this room that I've, I've been able to bear witness to what God has done to bring healing to you in your heart. I'm aware of his kindness towards you. I'm aware that there are times in life where things are just so hard and no one has a kind word to say. And what the word of God indicates to us is that a kind word not only turns away wrath, 
but a kind word or a loving word is like a, like a cold drink of water on a hot, hot day. There are people who feel like and probably have been very misunderstood in life. And yet God wants to bring healing. So today I'm here to ask that every one of you would choose and say, yes, click the box with me today and activate your heart. That one, you'll allow the Lord to come in and reveal to you what incident or incidences that happened in your life that need to be healed. Is there an area specific that you saw? And even when you think what was done to you was evil, maybe we don't even know all the circumstances to it. But here's what we can do. With what has been done to me, I can say, now, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them, Lord, for what they did. It's me and the Lord. I forgive them for what happened. And I also ask you to forgive me, Lord, for my sinful response to what happened to me. The release doesn't come from me being in the position of, I forgive you. The release comes when I say, Lord, forgive me. There's always a sinful response on the part of the person towards a sinful action against us. See, the Spirit of the Lord is here today to reveal to us that as we move forward through this crisis that we've been in and and we find a new path forward. I, please don't look for normal. Just let's look for the new path forward that the Lord will have for us. But what is it God wants to accomplish in our hearts and our lives? One is he wants us to acknowledge that every one of us will have to deal with a heart of stone. You may not have had any of the encounters I just mentioned to you earlier in the message. There may not have been a Mrs. Mentor. There may not have been a dad overturning a table. There may have never been abuse or hurt or woundedness in your life. But life just happens. And when it does, in those moments, it tries to turn our heart to stone. And so we invite the Lord to come in. And in about 13 days or so, we are going to celebrate the power of Pentecost. The power of Pentecost is the arrival of Holy Spirit to live in our life, to fulfill the purposes of God in this earth. You and I have, we're coming into assignment time. New assignments, fresh assignments, powerful revelation and rejuvenation of assignments is coming in this moment. I'm asking you to consider that the heart of stone doesn't have any place there. So would you just stand with me now in this moment as we've been together for a little while? God in his goodness draws us to himself. And in that moment, he will reveal where the heart of stone is. I'm going to ask you to be committed to just letting the Lord reveal to you where your heart may have turned stony, wherever there may be a hardness of heart. During the week, here's what's going to happen. Holy Spirit's going to just be with you and walk with you and visit with you. We read it in Psalm 19. Even the unconscious components unconscious failures and sins and uh, things we've not even thought about. He's going to visit those areas. I'm going to tell you why. Good news. His plan for you is bigger than you had ever imagined. His course for your life is stronger and filled with greater victory than you've ever known. 
You've read the books of God doing great things in people's lives. Ladies and gentlemen, you are the generation that will see the coming of the Lord. You and I are the ones to walk in the power and majesty of his anointing, his authority, his purpose, and his plan. Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free. If you live within the broadcast area of KNEO Radio, we have a podcast just for you. The KNEO Community Connection keeps your finger on the pulse of what's coming up in the four-state area, telling you about upcoming events you don't want to miss, organizations in our communities doing great work, and conversations with the dynamic citizens who are behind it all. There's a lot going on around you that you don't want to miss. This is Luke Taylor. Join me each week as we talk about what's happening with the people who are making it happen. Brought to you by KNEO Radio 91.7 FM and the Sky High Podcast Network. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.